Hello and welcome to the This Awesome Life podcast, a collection of stories that point to purpose. I'm Brandon and I have an awesome life, but that's not special because you do too. In every episode of This Awesome Life, we'll talk to a friend, we'll listen to their story, and we'll hear about the moments in which God has shown up in their life and pointed them toward their calling. Today, we're talking to my friend, David Mike. David is a Christ follower, husband, father, author of Dishonor, One Soldier's Journey from Desertion to Redemption, and cosmetology instructor in Omaha, Nebraska. David's passionate about sharing the message that we do not have to be defined by our past, and that God can use our kind of mess for his good. Just a quick warning, while David's story is very impactful, it does involve some references to drugs and alcohol, which may not be appropriate for younger listeners. That being said, it is a powerful story about grace, redemption, and God's power in our weakness. So let's dive in, explore some stories, and celebrate this awesome life. Well, hello, and thank you for listening to the This Awesome Life podcast. Before we jump into today's conversation, I want to share an announcement with you. My brand new book, Magic in the Mug, is going on sale on September 17th, and I want you to be one of the first to check it out. It's going to be available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, other major retailers as well. There'll be a link in the show notes so that you can find it. Now, this book is all about how a single cup of coffee can help us to discover a life of purpose. I hope that this book, that you're empowered and encouraged to chase your big dreams, to plant something awesome, and live a life of purpose. I hope you'll check it out. Check the links below to pick up your copy. Awesome. Well, hey, David, I'm so excited that you're with us today, man. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're what you're up to these days. So uh, I live in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, same as you. And I am a cosmetology instructor at Capital Beauty School. So business has been open for about 100 years, and I've been there for since 1993. So I've been pretty stable um, in this location and um, have three daughters at home and my wife and then I have a set of twins that live in other states and pretty much just do a life teaching people how to do hair and uh, also I'm an author of a book and it's my memoir which is the reason why uh, we're talking today yeah that's cool man very cool so what um yeah you know here on this on the podcast we talk a lot about purpose and what that is and I've told a couple people that I think it's been a little bit mystified and that we all think that our purpose has to be this perfect thing with a with a bow on it and it's like exact or or very niche if you will but I think it's a lot broader than that and we've just been kind of exploring stories like big stories all the way down to random stories um, and and sort of discerning where we can find our purpose so I'd love to hear part of your story man and how it helped point you towards your bigger purpose or or kind of helped you decide like, this is who I am. This is what I was made to do, that kind of stuff. So yeah, man, love to hear your story. Take it away. So I grew up as a military kid and I had a long military uh, lineage, uh, family members who served. And so uh, being a kid who moved around their entire life with their dad and, uh, you know, experiencing the military life, I decided that that's something I wanted to do. So I kind of geared myself up towards that my entire high school career. I kind of did the ROTC program and I was just ready okay. to go and ended up joining the army. So that was uh, what my goal and I got to do that. It was pretty cool. And then during that time frame, I uh, had a like a breakup, you know, relationship breakup that wow. uh, made me kind of feel a little sad and devastated. And all my friends uh, that I was in the army with took me out and they're like, you got to go out and, you know, have a good time. And somehow, some way I ended up taking a hit of ecstasy that night uh yeah. just a random occurrence i've never done drugs before i've never had never drinking before any of that stuff i grew up as a you know 
Christian, Christian home. My father was a music director in the church. And uh, oh, wow. so it was just super out of character for me. But that night I, after I took that pill, I couldn't get enough of it. I was immediately hooked, uh, ended up turning into a very frequent, you know, weekend thing that turned into, you know, as much as I could get it. Uh, sometimes even at work, I was a little bit, uh, you know, taking this drug and it was just basically a way to, to take away the pain of life and take away the reality of the situation that I was in. And uh, it was very artificial, but it, it had me hooked. So, and then yeah. I went from using it to, uh, because I was getting it so fast and so frequently, people were seeing that and they decided to ask me just to get it for them. So I'm like, yeah, just give me your money. I'll take care of it. Not realizing I just had just turned into a drug dealer. So right. I took the money, went and got it. The dealer was like, wow, you're kind of moving some stuff. How about I start giving it to you for free if you keep pushing it this way? So I became kind of like a secondary or third uh, dealer. And uh, this is all still while I was in on active duty in the army. Eventually oh, wow. when you do that, you get caught. So I did get arrested. I ended up in jail uh, and kind of had a moment where I, uh, it was actually a very pivotal moment because I had told everybody if I, I was so hooked on this drug that if I had taken, got caught basically that I was going to take everything that I had on me. And that night, the night before I got arrested, I had no idea I was going to get arrested that night. I had taken all these little pills and stuck in them in, in individual bags. And hmm. that's something I, I hadn't done and didn't need to do, but I was bored and decided to do it. Uh, I suppose, but because that night I had done that, I was not able to consume them. So I had about a hundred hits of ecstasy that I had to, have to literally throw on the ground because I definitely was going to consume them and take myself out. And I think yeah. that was the divine intervention uh, to keep yeah. me uh, alive basically on this planet. So that was the first uh, situation that kind of like, I look back and go, well, that was definitely in God's hand in my life. Uh, you know, then I got arrested, uh, the cop told me that if I worked with him, he'd let me out and kind of, it would help me with my sentence and everything. Cause I was definitely right. going to jail. Yeah. But I decided to run away. So I ran away for six months and I was on the run from the army and I sold drugs to stay alive. I moved to from Louisiana to Houston, Texas, and just kept making runs back and forth. Um, you know, long story short, I ended up getting caught again, ended up getting a court martial and, uh, I got a five-year sentence, had my stripes taken from me. And, uh, ended up going to prison. So I ended up in Fort Leavenworth, Kansas from there. Oh, wow. Wow. So, uh, man, that's, it's a big, it's a big, uh, story, a big turn. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, here you are right at the other side of it. Tell me what you're doing now and, and how kind of that helped launch, launch where you're at. Well, while I was in prison, I, I was, you know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff. It's all in the book. Dishonor, yeah. One Soldier's Journey from Desertion to Redemption. That's the title. Nice. Uh, and we'll but, put that link, uh, if you want to buy David's book, we'll put that link in the notes. So make sure you check it out. So while I was in there, I was listening to a radio broadcast. Uh, it was a Christian radio broadcast. And I heard this guy talking and he said to these people on the air, he would answer questions about grace and forgiveness, which are words I heard in church, but didn't sure. really quite understand them fully because, you know, when you're young, you're not quite zoned in sometimes. And right. he said, uh, how many of the sins that you committed to Jesus died for, you know, like before, and it, and it was, it was all of them and it was before you were born. And that kind of just blew my mind. And it's like, he knew I was going to mess up in life, but yet he still decided to die on the cross for my sins and take them away from me. If I accept this free gift of grace and forgiveness. And it, it just blew my mind. I just, <laughs> every time I opened up the Bible after that and read it, I could kind of start to see how that was all over the place. And because of that, 
it kind of was a turning point in my life and I decided uh, to make a change and I decided to, uh, you know, move on in a positive direction. There's a lot of other yeah. stuff that happened along the way. Obviously it's outlined sure. in the book, but I definitely, uh, that was a pivotal moment for me. So when I got out, uh, came to Omaha with the hair school, became a teacher and um, people were telling me from time to time, you know, little bits and pieces of their life and I would share with, share bits and pieces of mine is, Sometimes the yeah I was in prison slipped into the conversation and they're like what right <laughs> yeah and so after I would tell a little bit of my story they're like you should write a book and I was like well I don't know I'm I'm not sure I'm a writer I don't know how to do that kind of stuff and I ended up joining a a group uh, by author John Acuff and it was a start experiment and it was all these people getting together to kind of just do something and so I joined this and people started giving me some free advice on how to move forward with it and I feel like. There was a lot of divine intervention just making everything fall into place after uh at the time i think it was about 25 years of having lived with this past and this shame and this um guilt of of not serving my country honorably and not uh you know basically being an inmate and having all these labels put on me of, of negativity uh, that yeah. most of it was in my head you know it's something that i was dealing with on my own uh but i started writing and blogging and all these these people started like tuning in and saying that what I was sharing with them was helping them and helping them understand maybe something that one of their family members have gone through or something that they have gone through themselves. And it just, God was using my story uh, to help other people heal. And it was really cool to see that and never in a million years would have thought that this, you know, this would have come from that. So I decided yeah. to go ahead and blog the whole thing at the blog. I put it into a book and it's been published for about six and a half years now, I believe, and okay. it still circulates. And I do send free copies to inmates uh, in prison if, if on request, if somebody has somebody they know that wants a copy, I just ship them a copy. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. How? Um, what are some of like the big? I'm sure you've got stories of people who have been impacted by that story. You know, like what are? Do you have like a big win or something that you've been celebrating lately? There's there's been just quite a few. I kind of lost track. I never really kept track of how many copies that actually sold or how many copies that I've sent to prison. But right. I have had people reach out to me and just tell me how much my story meant to their child or the um, fact that they have some hope. Uh, my parents, when I did uh, end up in prison, they were praying for me. There's people all over the world that were praying for me. Sure. And by world, you know, being a military kid, I had family members and friends and, and connections yeah. all over the place. But it was just the power of prayer uh, was able to help me move forward. And so I really wanted my book to do the same thing for people that were in prison. So I keep praying for people all the time about uh, family members being uh, basically getting some hope on that they can still do something with their life afterwards. So what kind of my mission is to help people understand that your uh, past doesn't define your future and that yeah. you, with God's grace and forgiveness, you can come out of that and be a, a clean slate, new person and, and move on. Yeah, that's so good, man. I think a lot of us are looking for a purpose in uh, what we do and not, not enough of what a purpose in what we've been through. You know what I mean? And so I think for you, like looking at this concept of purpose, it's like, man, just sharing that story could be it. You know what I mean? It's like the thing that you get to do to really impact people around you and, and help them move forward, you know? So that's that's so awesome. How is your... Um, you know, you came to Omaha, you kind of changed careers, obviously, like different yeah. scenario and stuff like that. Um, have you seen, you know, any like big defining moments that have kind of brought those two worlds together? Or is it just sort of like that was then and the story is the story and this is me now and it's different? Does that make sense? Is, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. And it's kind of like yeah. two lives because I do have my everyday life and then I have this past that, you know, you want to move on from your past, but my past is my, is basically my, my mission and my, and yeah. my passion to share with others. So I can't really come out of it completely because I'm, I'm kind of using it as a tool to, uh, you know, uh, let people know that, that there is this free gift of salvation and forgiveness uh, yeah. like that. And so the, I would say that the fact that I have about 20 students every 10 weeks who come into the school and I'm able to, you know, I don't, it's not something I blatantly just start talking about, but it leaks out because if you follow me on social media, it's there. And so it's right. starts these conversations and I'm able to kind of be real to people and they see that I'm not just like this teacher who's up there, but there's a guy who's been through some stuff and he's maybe he can understand what I'm going through. And I'd say the mentorship um, aspect of it has been really great for my job. And then just in general, I just, I just love sharing my story uh, yeah. just to let other people know you're not alone. And I do find sometimes when you tell a story your or your story or whatever you've gone through, other people would say, I've gone through the same thing. I just never talked about it. It's really right. interesting um, once you bring it up that other people will say that they've been through it as well. Yeah. I think that's such a good encouragement of telling people like, you know, everybody wants to leave the past behind a lot of times like, oh, I messed up. I'm not that person anymore. And that's true. Like you're different now, right? You've changed. But at the same time, I think too often we try to hide our past as opposed to like really, really mining it for what we can discover and what we can learn from it and then how we can help other people. You know, a lot of times with the mistakes that I've made in the past, I want to just like learn the lesson quietly for myself and move on. But it's such an encouragement to think, um, man, that we can actually use that story and lean into it a little bit and say like, hey, this was who I was and here's what I learned from it. Um, that's so awesome. Have you ever, you know, have you had that conversation and like encouraged people to sort of share the hard stuff and, you know, see them kind of find more freedom in that? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I do feel like people have come up to me and said that, you know, thank you for sharing. And it's, it's made me change my mind about, you know, X, Y, Z. Or I had a woman who uh, was struggling with, I think being in an abusive relationship and then uh, after hearing my story and, and hearing that God, how much God has forgiven us, she actually reached out and forgave her ex-husband. And there's been people oh, wow. who said they've read my story and it's kept them from using because they were in the middle of, uh, you know, the struggle of addiction. And I do not claim, you know, any credit whatsoever in any of this because I know it's God using me as a vehicle uh, and, my, and the mess that I got myself into mm. for his message. And so, yeah, it's just been really cool. Um, just to see people uh, it, that I'm able to be used to for that kind of change. For sure. sure. Absolutely. What uh, what advice would you give to somebody that's like in the middle of it, man? Like they're going through it and then, then they're right in the middle of that difficult season or in the middle of a bunch of mistakes. What what advice would you give them to help them move forward? Well, the first thing I would say when it comes to addiction, and, and you may have heard this before, but the problem with addiction is it's a very selfish sickness and you, unless somebody's ready to change themselves, there's you can't really help them. You can be there for them, right. you can support them. You're not going to be giving them money and and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, just being there, praying for them. But the person who's in that, like it, it had, you have to come to a, a decision that I no longer want to do this again. And I had a moment where that happened for me um, when I was when I was in prison about a year and a half. There was a guy that I was working with in a dining facility. And we had no supervision at that moment. Walks up to me, and I'd been clean for a year and a half. And he holds out his hand and said, look what I have. And it was a hit of LFD. And mm. I don't know what I was thinking, but I grabbed it, took it. And that night we were all, you know, messed up on drugs. And uh, yeah. I went back to my room and, or my, my uh, dorm or whatever you want to call it. There sure. was a letter from my dad that I was waiting on. 
uh, and it arrived that same day and it was to my parole board. And in the letter it stated, I will uh, state my life, my reputation and my job on the fact that my son would never do drugs again. And oh. so I feel like that was a God or shader moment. Like I knew at that point that had he had to put all that up for collateral, I would have totally taken him, taken him out by my actions. And I, de- I determined I would no longer do drugs again because of the fact that I realized that the people that were out there loving and supporting me and helping me get through this, I had just failed them as well as mm-hmm. God, my country and everybody else. So that was my defining moment. And I decided I will no longer do drugs again. And with the exception of ibuprofen from time to time because of my age. Oh, fair. <laughs> yeah. But you know, uh, so that was, that was my defining moment. And unless you have one, it's, it's going to be really hard. But as far as people who are struggling, the other thing I would say is I never really reached out to anybody. I just kind of went mm-hmm. into my best. I kind of fell into this bad decision and I just kept on going down and down and down. And I never reached out and said, somebody help me. So I think my biggest piece of advice is there are people in your life, there are people around you, even people that you don't know that you maybe you trust, uh, you know, people in authority over you, anyone, just anyone reach out and just say, help me because you will yeah. get it. It's That's pretty so weird. Good, I think. Somebody will tell you no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's so good that there's, yeah, you're right. There's definitely always people around that are willing to help pull you up out of the, out of the mess, you know? So Anywho, how's, how are things going for you these days? Like you're doing well, like killing it, you know, book, that kind of stuff. Like what's what's new and exciting in the life of, of David Mike? Um, I would say just still having the chance to speak on a podcast. Like after this many years, a self-published book, yeah. usually you know, I think it lasts about a year and a half and mine's still going. So I feel like God is still using it. Um, I have another podcast interview on Monday. So that's like two and basically a week. And That's I'm awesome. just super thankful when somebody asks me, and I don't care how long somebody's been podcasting or, or even a blog. I think I sent you a blog post. To, yeah, uh, yeah, for day. sure. Yeah. So I'm, I will share my story to anybody. And it, and the fact that it still keeps circulating and then still being used is just awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a great family and a lot of family support. Uh, so we just, you know, live a life and I have a job and I'm thankful and I've got God and on my side and I'm blessed yeah. because of that. So can't, can't get much better than that. Yeah. And I might have jumped the gun on this next question because I think a lot of the same answers you just gave are these. Like, what keeps you what keeps you going, man? How did you get, you know, you, you came through this past and you had, like you said, you had that defining moment. But, I mean, at some, some point, life's punched you in the face again, right? Like, how do you how do you keep going when you feel like, oh, I'm right back in, in a hard time? So you can imagine um, at 9-11, uh, yeah. after having, I have a dishonorable discharge, which is where the title of the book comes from. I have a dishonorable discharge. The whole country is like rushing off to go, uh, basically protect other people because of, you know, our freedoms that we have and the, the pre our freedoms were attacked. And I couldn't join the military if I wanted to, because like, I've got this, you know, black mark on me that's saying right. hey, you're, you're not worthy. You're not good enough. And I have struggled. Yeah. And my little brother, uh, joined uh, the air force at that time and was sent to Afghanistan four times. And I was struggling with the fact that if he got hurt or, you know, something happened to him, I, I just, you should be me instead of him. And this is something I really wanted to do. And he joined the Air Force, you know, probably to get a college degree. And I joined the military because I wanted to be a soldier. And he's off being right. a soldier and, and I'm being a dishonorably discharged, you know, convict. So I I struggled. And then I re- recycled back to this book that I had read in prison. It was called Classic Christianity by Bob George. And it was just, a re- again, learning about that grace and forgiveness. So I think knowing that I'm forgiven, and knowing that I don't have to live in the past and knowing that I don't have to keep uh, feeling that the ways that, the way I felt about myself and the way that, you know, the labels that were put on me are no longer there because that, that's not who I am. My, my identity yeah. is in Christ and I'm a new creature and I'm 
I am free. And so I think just having that freedom is what keeps me going. That's so good. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, I appreciate it, man. I think, thank you for uh, hanging out with me today. Anything else you'd, you'd share or anything else you want to want to put out there? Uh, I just, again, if you're struggling, reach out, um, and just know that you're forgiven. It's a free gift. You just got to take it. For sure. That's awesome. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. And, uh, like I said, if you want to find David Bye. or find, find him on the internet, we'll have some we'll stuff have some in the show stuff. notes, some links, uh, where you can get the book, catch his blog, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed our time together today. I really appreciate it and, uh, looking forward to maybe doing it again sometime. I'm on board. Just let me know. Sounds good. So good. And it truly illustrates the power of a single decision. As we saw from his story, one decision changed the trajectory of his life drastically. It also illustrates the power of God and his ability to intervene on our behalf in our worst times. I can't help but think about how different the story would have been if David hadn't put those pills in individual bags. While these are some powerful truths, the thing that really resonates for me is the impact that David's story has had on others and the kingdom at large. The truth is that our stories aren't just about us. Our stories affect other people and their stories. We're all connected, and stories are one of the things that provides us connection. David's story had some dark chapters that he would love to be able to leave in the past, but he was actually able to come to a place where he recognized that his past was his mission. By leaning into his past and the story, he's been able to change the future of others in his life. I'm so thankful for his story and how it illustrates the truth that our past does not define us. Instead, our Creator does. If you have dark chapters in your past, you don't have to hide them. Find hope and healing and and then use those dark chapters to help brighten someone else's. See, when we use our stories in this way, God's glorified, the kingdom is expanded, and people find healing, hope, and purpose through the support and love that you are able to offer. Hey, thanks again for listening to This Awesome Life. Like I said before, we're just a collection of stories that point to purpose. To stay connected with This Awesome Life, check out the show notes. That's where you'll find the This Awesome Life blog and newsletter. You can also find my social media links if you'd like to connect with me there. I'd love to get connected with you. Finally, if you want to purchase David's book, Dishonor, One Soldier's Journey from Desertion to Redemption, there's a link for that as well. If you love this awesome life, I'd love for you to take a minute and leave us a review. Don't forget to like or follow so you never miss an episode. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on This Awesome Life.